Welcome to She Bought That DVD, the podcast where every week we are watching one new DVD from our mother's giant collection. I am your co-host, Jaylene. And I'm Violet. And what did we pick last week to watch this week? Enough said. We did. And neither of us knew what the hell this movie was. Couldn't picture it. I was going off about how Julia Louis-Dreyfus was on the top billing of the cast, but then she wasn't being shown and she was being shown in the picture and I was very confused. She's on the cover of the DVD. She's the main character. I don't know what Google was telling me because Tony Collette kept coming up as the one that was like the one to really look out for. And not saying that Tony Collette wasn't a big deal, but yes. Who? Julia what? Louis Dreyfus. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. From Seinfeld. Yes. Anyways. I went into the house. Mom knew what the movie was, not by name, but she, when she saw the DVD, she knew what it was. And this was a movie that she did see. She bought the DVD and she watched the DVD because the DVD was opened. It had part of a sticker on it. I took it off to make it nice and clean. And I was like, I guess you watched it. And she's like, no, I think I saw it in the movie theaters. Well, who else would have watched this film? No one. No one. This is not a dad film. Dad doesn't watch films. We've already gone over this. Is this one that you would have unwrapped? No. 2013. No. I did the big unwrapping at our old house. We weren't living here yet. Hmm. We were living here is what I was trying to say. Because <laughs> it's been 10 years. It's been over 10 years. No, I would have done a better job unwrapping because okay. it was like a piece of plastic. Yeah, I just tore it off and threw it out. Yeah. Anyways, so it was a movie that I didn't know anything going into it. I kind of read the byline. I was like, okay, like it is what it is. Like this is what we're watching. It was a sweet hour and a half movie that moved pretty quick. I will say like. The pacing of this film wasn't overly too bad. There was a couple of slow moments I found, but overall I was like, this is kind of a nice experience with the film. Second week in a row where I felt as though the pacing was matching what I was looking for. I also was in a fairly good mood watching the film. The only thing that I told you about the film was that the B storyline was just as good as the main storyline. And did you know what I was talking about after you kind of watch the film or you were like what is she going on about I forgot you said that to me is that the relationship that she has with the ex-wife no I think to me the B storyline was the cleaner with Tony Collette's character and how she couldn't keep firing her and she was the therapist that kept having to like deal with this cleaner who just kept putting stuff in random places I really oh that was so far down the line of uh okay yes but I found it hilarious every time it kept coming up because it just went to show that like people have control issues but then at the same time like you're you're your own therapist and you still can't work through your own shit. I really liked that. I just kind of felt that these characters were quite real. They had definitely like nuances to them where I was like, you're very over the top and like, I don't relate to this. But some of the conversations that they were having, I was like, damn, like this is a real conversation happening. And it's been a long time again where I felt as though characters were having adult conversations that I understood 
where they were coming from and like their character choices for them. Yeah, no, I would agree. I don't have a lot of facts for this film because there isn't really much to this film. It was a small-ish film that was basically produced. It was $8 million for its budget. It grossed worldwide for $25 million. I originally read that wrong and I saw $252 million and was like, holy shit, how did I not see this movie? I missed where the comma was, let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) And... It was released October 11th, 2013. So it's kind of through that slow period of time where there's uh, not much going on between summer blockbusters and then getting ready into Christmas time. I would say like the biggest two facts that I pulled from this film was that the film took 24 days to film, which I felt that I felt as though it was very quick and that the locations were always kind of the same. I don't know if it was like, What gave it away was her going to the man who worked at the top of the floor and her climbing up the steps. I just seemed as though like nothing about that necessarily changed weather wise. However, I will give the benefit of the doubt thinking that it's California. Y'all don't get seasons. So like, is it really going to change? Probably not. The other fact is that this was the last film that James Gandolfini did before he died he never got to see the film oh yeah and apparently he was a bit hesitant to do this film and he's known for his role in the sopranos neither of us have really seen the sopranos i've actually never seen the sopranos i only know that's good i know nothing past that but apparently some of his castmates saw the trailer but because This role played so close to who he was in person. They had a really hard time like wanting to see the film. And so they kind of just like respected the fact that like they didn't want that. But uh, a lot of people really regarded him in this role and said that like this was such a different take than what he probably did in The Sopranos. I could be very wrong, but The Sopranos, I think, has a lot of killing in it. This movie has no killing in it. So uh, I can definitely see why it would be such a different dramatic role for him to take on. I know nothing about The Sopranos. I know. (laughs) Something about the ending, people not being happy with it, I'm pretty sure, but I I couldn't tell you. (laughs) I think The Sopranos is like based in New York City, and it's like the Italian mobsters of... New York City like I think that's what it is I could be so wrong and the crazy thing is I do believe this is something that we own on DVD The Sopranos do we I think we do oh maybe I'll uh pull it out and uh I won't pull it out I have too much on the go at the moment (laughs) although I keep like searching for something to watch because I'm so desperate to watch a movie and not be I guess I am looking for things to watch. I just don't want television at the moment. I just don't want to invest my time into something that's going to be 13 hours. I do want an hour and a half, two hours of entertainment and kind of end it there. Speaking of which, a couple of weeks ago now, because I kept forgetting to bring this up, I had finally watched The Death on the Nile, which you had watched the week after you uh, did... Murder on the Orange Express. You also had read, you read the book first. Correct. I had to finish the book 
before okay. I could watch. I knew you had finished because I got a notification and you gave it. I saw stars. That you, you saw stars. I just looked at it and I go, hmm, she didn't enjoy this one. Or I don't I don't think I read if you wrote anything. I don't think I read it. But I don't remember if I did write anything oh. for it. But I think I had written it in my head as either this was Agatha Christie's weaker novel. Okay. Or I figured it out and I'm getting smarter. Because I did figure it out in the book. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I was really curious to watch the movie and see if I could see it in the film. But here's the thing. It was far too close to it. I, I knew I knew what I was looking for. And I was very curious to know what your experience was. But it's it's a little bit like dated now. So I'm not too sure how. Oh, OK. So here's my memory. I was like, oh, red paint's missing. Oh, scarf is missing. Like it was very clear on the details that I was like, OK, red paint, blood. It's like eh, th those parts. And I kind of had pieced it together. Grayson had pieced it together better than I had. But man, was I fucking pissed when they killed uh, whatever his name is. Yeah, that doesn't happen in the book. OK, thank goodness. But my goodness. Yeah. I was sad. Like, I cried. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I, Is his character just not in the book? Maybe we're not talking about the same character. His friend. The one that flies the kite. Correct. Oh. Um, no. Okay, so there were a couple of differences on that. I believe he's not killed in the book and someone else ends up dead because he basically has a partner helping him in the book. And yeah, no, 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 no. I don't believe he dies. Do you or know? Or they or they combined the, the, two, ca characters the two characters together. in okay. him and he does in fact die in the book, but but that character that is very there, different then. in the book because okay. they merged the two. Correct. Well, yeah, it's the guy from the first movie. Yes who is his friend, who is just living his life in this happy sphere of his reality. And it's so pleasant to see. And then they kill him. Yeah, I was having a big think after watching this film that I understand why sometimes Hollywood decides to change things. It has to draw someone in. It would kind of be a little bit boring or dull if you watch something completely verbatim for what the book is. Because then what's the point in seeing a movie if you're such a like a diehard fan of the book? But then, of course, there's the visual aspect. So I do like understand why there are always going to be changes made. But I also was like, I actually think that the book was better than the, the movie. movie. Okay. Even though I didn't rate the book necessarily high, I will say that the ambiance and the decoration, oh, and it, the set design—you just get drawn into it. It's so the music was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, great, great the actors. I, yeah, atmosphere was lovely. Actors, costuming, um, like you felt like you're going on this really cool adventure. <laughs> I don't know. It was good. So then it kind of like begs like whether or not. Mr. Poirot is too close because he's also the one who's doing all the directing of these films. And sometimes I feel as though 
he might be too close to it and not see everything for what it is. Case in point, our our friend uh, King Kong, who was... James Cameron? Yes. He was too close to the project and couldn't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. That one... <laughs> that is a film I will never watch again. Until we do, I'm kidding. We're not nope. doing a redo. <laughs> no, no. I told myself that the first time I watched it when walking out of the movie theater, and I'm telling that myself the second time. That is a film I will not watch again. It's the first thought that comes to mind when someone says or you anyone brings up that film. Yeah. So the third movie is coming out this October, I believe. And I do actually think I want to go see no way. this movie. Yeah. Oh, exciting. I think I'm going to see the movie before I read the book on this one because my reading backlog is getting significantly larger. I don't own the book as of right now, so there's no need to really go after and try to find the book and then experience the film. I'm curious to know how well my memory will serve me if I watch the movie and then in 10 years time I read the novel sort of dealio and see if there's kind of a big surprise of some sort. I don't remember what the movie is called, but it's like Halloween themed, it seems as though, because that's why it's coming out around October. Cool. I'm excited. I'm going to watch it. I, I yeah, I, I really do. The other movie that I keep putting off that I really want to go see is Barbie. I really, really, really would like to go see Barbie and I still haven't seen it. And every time I think of going, it's a Tuesday, such as today, which I don't have time for. But I then think this is possibly the worst day to go. I think that the hype of it's calmed down a lot and most people have seen it. You'd be okay to go on a Tuesday. Yeah, but I run by that parking lot and like the parking lot is full all the way out to the keg. Okay. So I'm I'm a bit scared, but you're, yeah, you're not wrong. I think the hype has has definitely died down, but I still would like to go see it. And then again, I think of like Friday nights and I, I haven't done it. Okay, let's go back to Enough Said. A couple of details for this film itself was that it was a widescreen and it was not wrapped as we've previously kind of gone over. There were trailers. Trailers. Okay, I don't get trailers because I go into the settings or the setup and then I hit subtitles. And I'm a computer and I go subtitles and then it just goes right into the film. So I didn't see any of them. That's okay. I'll tell you all about them. The first one is all about the Blu-ray experience. Wasn't Disney telling me to get Blu-ray. It was some generic company that was telling me I should get Blu-ray. And I was like, oh, okay. That's new. And it's telling me about like this whole experience that you get with Blu-ray. They really were trying to sell you on something, weren't they? I just feel as though at this point it's a giant con. I get that there's definitely a difference between Blu-ray and regular DVD, but you have to have the entire setup in order for Blu-ray to actually be, like, a great thing. Yeah, a majority of us are A-OK streaming things onto our tiny little phones. I was going to say onto potato phones. Yeah, with, like, (laughs) mediocre sound, like... we, We really weren't looking for this huge, elaborate theater experience. No, and... And there are people... That do want that. I'm yeah. not going to discredit them. But the majority of us 
just want to be entertained so time can pass. I'm wondering, and what's the, the most convenient way that can happen? But yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if studio executives were like, okay, so people want the theater experience without going to the theater. So we're going to provide that. When the studio executives didn't realize, we just literally want to be entertained. And I think that's where they then started to see like, oh, okay, people will watch anything off of YouTube. Well, that's... That's... Ugh, ugh. The quality of things now, because they're pumping out too much now, really bothers me. Like I, that's why one of the reasons I don't watch Netflix or anything, any most streaming things. Someone will have to like, I'll have to hear multiple good things about something before I will consider it. And even then it'll take me years before I'll watch it. So. Except for the Queen's Gambit. That was during COVID, though, and I was consuming a lot of content then. Yes, but that was like I told you you should. I I told the exact words were I know you don't have time for this, but you must absolutely watch this. Yes, and I do appreciate <laughs> it, and like that is one that comes to mind. But most things, it's not good writing, not good acting, and that's all I really need. For me to buy into what I'm watching. And it's not that. So I'm out. (laughs) Yeah, I can't think of anything where I've been pulled into something to watch lately. Because now I'm into falling asleep to Modern Family. Because that's really easy to fall asleep to. And I've seen it. But there's nothing that I go on to Netflix and I'm like, yeah, that's intrigued me enough. Or... I've heard recommendations from other people saying like, you must absolutely watch this. And I think that's why I'm wanting to go to a movie medium and just be entertained for a short period of time because it's less taxing, less time investment. And within 10, 15 minutes, if I'm not enjoying it, I can quickly exit and be like, okay, well, that just wasn't for me. But I've currently am kind of facing a crossword, a crossword, a crossroad of I don't know what to watch because there's so many things out there that I can't watch. So I watch Pitch Perfect for the 15th time today because that got re-added to Netflix. Wow. Okay. Um, it even knew where I had stopped on the movie <laughs> the last time it was on Netflix. And it was like, no, we're going back to the beginning. I don't know if it was really my 15th time, but I've seen Pitch Perfect a lot. And we don't own it. So it's totally fair game. That came out when we kept telling yeah. mom to buy to stop buying DVD. So we never owned that one. So I'm a bit sad that we don't own oh, it. But at the same time, goodness, like, I'm thankful. Um, you don't like Pitch Perfect? I saw it once, then I was like, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I actually don't have anything good or bad to say about it. Okay, fair Just enough. I saw it once, and I was like, meh. Fair enough. Um, I started playing a new video game. Me too. What were you playing? Well, mine wasn't new, but what were you playing? Um, And all I want to do is, as soon as this podcast is over, is go and play it. Because I literally started playing it last night. Oh, no. And I gave myself an hour, like, you have an hour to play this game, and then you have to go and do other things. And my hour came up, and I was like, 
no, I can't. I need to. I need to. I need to beat stage one. So two hours, two and a three hours later, um, I did beat stage one. Um, and the game's called Vampire Survivors. Okay, never heard of it. And I really like it. It's the best that I can say. You are a solo character running around killing vampires and you just gain XP as you kill them and you level up your items or your skills or whatnot and it's super fun and addicting in a way it reminds me of like Binding of Isaac but like nothing like Binding of Isaac more so in the fact that you level up um, different skills or like you can have different combos of stuff but it's fun. <laughs> it's funny looking at the images oh. and seeing that uh, the grass is identical to Roller Coaster Tech. Oh yeah, grass. like the graphics, <laughs> the, it's it's so mid. Like it's nothing crazy. Nothing. It's just a good time. Um, I saw that you put like Tavern Keeper mm-hmm. on your list. Mm-hmm. That looks like a fun game. Yeah, I thought about buying it, but then what happened was I read the reviews and oh, the reviews are like generally positive, but it seems as though there's lack of development on the game of like pushing um, past through what there's currently available. So like the general criticism for it is it's fun to decorate. And like serve the customers, but it seems as though if you create too good of a tavern, people don't leave. And so you don't have <laughs> and that's a problem. <laughs> so uh, you don't have like people turning over and like creating messes. And I'm just like, oh, so it's definitely missing that aspect to a a building simulation where you have uh, a mess that you need to clean up. So I just went back and I played Bear and Breakfast, which I started a year ago, but I suddenly stopped because I got into House Flipper, which is also a great game. But I got into Baron Breakfast. I started my save file, which was 11 and a half hours in. And I thought, I don't remember what the hell I was doing. Like, I'm going to have to go back to the beginning. So that's what I did. I played Baron Breakfast, I think, for about two and a half hours. And then I exited and I was like, hey, I need to do something else. And I, I read my book This weekend was like one of those weekends where I was like, I have six different hobbies that I want to do all at the same time. How can I possibly do this? And you possibly can't. When you like to uh, read into your really good book, which I have to go to the library actually now that I think about it right after we do this and pick up the book that's uh, waiting for me. And I want to cross stitch. I wanted to play like four different video games. I was feeling like Two Point Hospital. I was feeling Bear and Breakfast. I was feeling House Slipper and the City Skylines. So it was in like that building kind of like game, game of the vibes that I wanted. I didn't feel like Fortnite, but I also played Fortnite. And then I, yeah, I wanted to be entertained. But like, that's the nice thing about cross-stitching to me is I can be entertained. I can listen to music. I can listen to podcasts and I can watch, listen to movies, TV shows. Okay, so the next uh, preview on the DVD was Baggage Claim. I don't remember what this was. I take it as though it's something to do with the airport and that there's baggage to be claimed, but I don't know past that. 
The next trailer was Romeo and Juliet. I do not remember this version. Do you remember this version? It has Haley Steinfeld in it. Steinfeld. That's correct? Yes. I've seen it. Oh. I watched it because... And And Wes Wick is also in it. And he's the guy from Gossip Girl. Chuck. So I watched this film and I actually did not know it existed when I watched this film. I stumbled upon it because I came, I was listening to a lot of like soundtracks and scores at the time while I was studying and I stumbled upon a song and I was like, oh, this is really lovely. What is this from? And then I was like, what is this? I want to see this movie now. So that's the only reason why I watched the movie. Actually, advertising for it never came across. I just found the music and then went back to watch the film. It was cringy. Yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah, the trailer, the trailer just made it seem as though, oh no, what did these actors sign up for? Well, and then I was also like, Romeo plus Juliet is my favorite film, so I I should enjoy this. No, it's just. Yeah, I just, I felt bad (laughs) for all of them. (laughs) That's kind of just how it looked like when I was watching the trailer. And then the next one was at Middleton and this was a trailer where you basically got to know the entire movie throughout the entire trailer, which is fine. I sometimes enjoy those kinds of trailers. And it was a cute movie where it's this um, man and woman, and they are dropping off their children to university, which I believe is Middleton, for the first time. And they end up going on the student tour with their kids. They end up getting lost. And they're kind of having these philosophical questions with each other of like, what is life after children? And they kind of like stumble through university. They stumble through the university, I should say. And they keep getting caught by like other students. And then like they start to like have feelings for each other. But then like, obviously, we don't know what happens because like, They've literally just met, but then they like also say like, we'll see each other at Thanksgiving. So they keep like contact. And then that's basically the movie in the trailer. I liked it. I liked the movie just by that trailer. It was like a nice, cute, wholesome vibe. Okay. And those were the trailers for this movie. Cool. Okay. Let's quickly go through the movie. There are three characters essentially that are very important to the story everyone else's second best at least um eva who is a masseuse she is the main character of her like she's basically we're following her around the next person is albert and marianne and we meet eva and she is a massage therapist she goes to clients houses and she uh is a massage therapist for the clients at home. Don't know why that took me so long to get around. And her friends who are a couple take her out to a party. I should also mention that Eva is single and she has a daughter. She meets a new client and she's all over the moon about having a new client and feels as though she's getting a good vibe with this friend who is Marianne. She's also a poet. At the same time, she meets this gentleman named Albert and they kind of like riff off of each other and he asks her for her number. They eventually go out together and they really connect. They both have a really great date. 
She then goes to see Marianne for the massage because she's the new client. She really connects with Marianne and she has a really great time. Eva then is continuing to see Albert and she's talking about Albert to Marianne and she's talking about how she's met this guy. He's really great. Marianne is talking about her ex-husband at the same time about how awful he is and she's slowly putting together at this point very, very, very slowly that there are some like little nuances that she like Marianne would say a comment and then she would be like, oh, that's a bit like weird in her head. You could see that like Albert kind of does something similar. So it's a big step in their relationship because Eva then meets Albert's daughter. Which then like the next day when Eva is at Marianne's house, she finds out that Marianne is Albert's ex. They are now divorced through the daughter. So she's hiding. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I can't be found. This is where it gets like even like trickier is the best word that I could say is because the ex-wife really starts to get into her head and Eva starts to become quite mean and quite nasty to Albert because she starts to pick on him the same way that his ex-wife does. Eventually at the end, they end up all meeting. Eva gets caught in her lie and they all kind of disassemble. So Eva's no longer with Albert and Eva no longer is a client. No, Marianne is no longer a client of Eva. And at the very end of the film, they kind of like end up like losing connection. So Marianne and Eva don't really speak anymore, but Eva goes by Albert's place and they end up having a kind of a civil conversation. But like there's no talks about them getting back together. It just seems as though like she's made a, they've kind of made amends as to like what the situation was. And that's basically the movie as told by Eva's perspective, because there's other things that are happening, but like, as I said, they're B and C and D plots. Okay, so my question is, because Eva was basically playing two sides. She was very lonely in some regards, on both the friendship level and the companion level. If you were in Eva's shoes and you found out and you figured out that you were dating your client's ex but you had to break up with one of them, would you choose friendship or would you choose love? I didn't like Marianne as a person, so I would have chosen the relationship over the friendship. What about Marianne did you not like? Just like her... The way that she treated others. Gotcha. If she can treat her daughter the way that she... Or speak to the way her... Speak to her daughter the way that she does... And the way things that she's obviously said to Albert as well. I don't, I think that's telling in the person. Do I think that she can't change? No, I think she could. But I think my loyalty would have lied to the relationship or the friendship. Because they're both grounded in the same amount of time. Seeing as they both met each other at the same amount of time. Correct. Or like the same time. Which is such an interesting perspective because normally one thing will always be blossomed faster than the other, whereas this is literally like they met that same night. What do you think? I have a hard time thinking about this because... I mean, I probably would have taken a step back from both of the relationships and would have talked to both of them. Like, hey, really weird situation. 
kind of funny, but also weird. I'm going to need a minute to think on it. Yeah. And also come back to me and tell me how you're feeling because you can only be responsible for your actions. You can't force either of them to remain in a friendship or a relationship with you based on this knowledge. Yeah. I think like where I was thinking was, or like where I was coming from for this question, Eva to me seemed as though she was lonely and that loneliness was filled by both of them, but like from two different perspectives, because like Tony Collette's character was also her friend, but it seemed as though like her, sorry, they couldn't be each other's friends in the way that Eva needed her to be her friend because she was rooted in a relationship and she had other shit going on. But then it seemed as though Marianne also had her shit going on, but also was open enough with Eva to like remain a friend. I'm not going to disagree with you on like the way that Eva, not Eva, Marianne treated other people around her was not quite polite and like wouldn't be the friend that I would want to be with. But Eva obviously saw something with Marianne that like we don't necessarily see her with. Mm -hmm. But you are correct in the fact that like Albert was the superior person in the way that he carried himself and treated himself that I also would probably have chosen Albert. And as you said, like, come out with like, haha, this is the weirdest situation, but this has happened. And like been a, an adult about it because it seemed as though Eva just kind of was a bit childish and very selfish of like, I've got these two great people in my lives. How do I not ruin it? You're going to get caught out at some point, regardless. Like you're getting so close to both of them. Had she, like, kept Marianne as a very, very professional client and, like, wasn't seeing her outside of massage therapist hours, I think that would have been very different. Yes. Okay, I only wrote down one note. My one note is, poet is his ex-wife. And I wrote that within minutes of watching the film. Okay. Which frustrated me. Because then I was just bored and over the film. At what point did you realize? I realized... Oh, sorry. I realized pretty much on the second time that they met. Okay. Like, I feel as though after the third time that, like, the friendship was going on and whatnot, the storytelling was making it more and more obvious that you as a viewer should also be finding, like you should be ahead of Eva essentially is the way that I took the storytelling to be. Yes, I would agree. I figured it out when it was, (laughs) when she sat down and gave her those herbs. Oh, okay. She was like in the garden giving the herbs. I was like, oh no. Okay, is that just it? And then it was, so. What did you think about the relationship that Eva had with her daughter's friend. I thought that was a very interesting relationship that was really frustrating to see at times because she was neglecting her daughter who really wanted her mother. But was she neglecting her daughter though? She kept inviting her. She kept inviting and her. And she kept asking her. Her daughter wasn't reciprocating that. But I think her daughter wants... So, like, it's on both sides, though. It seems as though her daughter was not coming to Eva 
and being like, hey, mom, like, this is what I want. Or saying what she felt. Hey, I feel very um, left out, left out. I'm I feel hurt by not like doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. Whereas like her friend was very vocal and open and wanted to be. I think that's the thing. Her friend really wanted to be her, but her mom was not listening to her. Yes. And also, I think the friend also wanted her friend. Her like. She was showing up and her friend wasn't there to hang out with her. She was distancing herself. So she was finding not someone else to hang out with, but Eva just happened to to be the mother that was there. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, and like but like I also saw it as though like I don't know what the friend's name is, but the friend wanted Eva to be the mother that she couldn't have. Yeah. I I don't even see it like she got the friend that she couldn't have within Eva, but I think it was like the mother that she also couldn't have with her mom because like she felt not embarrassed by her mother, but like her mother wasn't meeting her on her level, mm-hmm. whereas Eva was definitely meeting her on her level, but you're not wrong. Like her own daughter was then not being met with Eva's level or vice versa. Like yes. they weren't seeing each other yeah. because it seems as though that Eva's daughter has a good relationship with her dad. That's kind of the vibes that I got from the short, the short dinner that we had together. That made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I really loved that. I loved how uncomfortable it was. <laughs> I was like, please stop saying things that you are saying. You are just <laughs> putting your foot in your mouth. Yes. <laughs> There's something you have not gotten over yet and you need to sit with it. You're clearly still upset and resentful to this man. Yeah. No. I I thought it was just such a is exposition the correct? Like where you're like. A comprehensive description and explanation of an idea or theory. Yes. I thought this movie was such a great exposition on showing how we as humans have a tough time listening to each other and meeting each other on each other's levels. Yes. And and communicating our emotions and feelings. And I think that's what I really really that is what this film captured. Like g- like genuinely in so many levels of our an inability to listen to how someone else is feeling, but also how to communicate how, how we, are. we are feeling. Yeah. Is like it wholeheartedly and not just in like Eva, but also um what's Eva's friend's name? Tony Collette. I don't know. Tony Collette, like her inability to communicate how she was feeling. And, and yeah, no, it, yes. That exa- is exactly the message that I took away from this film. It was like a great um, way to like step back and see that and be like, oh, shoot. Yes, that is, that is what happens and what we do. Yeah. And I, I just thought like it was such a, beautiful way of putting tiny little details and that's why I really liked that like cd story of the cleaner because 
those tiny little details that bother us every little day, but we don't say anything about them. And they just creep up and they creep up and they creep up. And then finally, we have this blow up that wasn't necessary to do in the beginning, because if we just stopped it, when it happened the first time, it would have been over. And I just like, I got a laugh because I let things sometimes build up and build up and build up and I won't say anything, but it's, it's learning like, okay, you just, you either got to say something or you have to let it go. It's one of two. You can't have control over both options. Yep. So that's why I truly appreciated this film because I thought it had a fantastic story being told based off of people's experiences. And that's like why I thought this was such a real film when it came down to characters, because these are things that people do every single day. Yes, people don't date and have best friends with their exes. Like that's, that's obviously very Hollywood and over the top and kind of um, showing these experiences of people. But I thought I just like, I walked away an hour and a half later and had things really thinking of my in my head about certain situations of these characters. I was like, oh, if they only had just done this one tiny little thing, things would have butterflied effect into something completely different. Yep. What did you think of Albert's job? What was his job? His job was history of like archives of like all of the basically VHS. Okay, I just remember seeing all the sh he shows her all the shelves of all the things. How do you get that job? I don't know. And then he like had all of this like data like memorized of like certain cartoons were that were on yeah, TV. What is that job? I don't know. Obviously it's like an archivist of some sort and then he's responsible for digitizing all of media onto yeah. places and then like you see just like really old people watching old stuff to like rekindle their childhood i don't know i thought his job was like really cool but then i was thinking how how do you acquire this position and then does this this position obviously still exists but there's going to be a phase out point yes so yeah just i thought that was pretty neat the daughter of Albert and Marianne. Marianne. Yeah. She was definitely an interesting character who seemed as though when you first met her, she was playing the child of I'm neglected. I need attention. It was so telling of when you when you know that who the mother is and who the father is, it was like. Oh, this is why you act the way that you do. But then she starts to open and have a little bit more of a heart yes. later on. Yes. And I wasn't actually expecting that. Oh, that turnaround? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because when we first see her, she kind of isn't very nice to Eva and or like not at all. And has like a uh, is also unkind to Eva's daughter who isn't even there. She just like kind of is snippy or snide and the like the things that she says but then as we see her progress we see the relationship she has with her mother who is very dismissive of her feelings like when she's sick um and says that she isn't feeling well i can't remember what marianne said but it was like 
like you're fine essentially and Mm -hmm. and the daughter's like i'm not i'm sick i'm gonna go to sleep now um and then she's the daughter says something so sweet when um eva shows up to talk to albert and she says like he's still like he really cared about you and like of course i'll tell him that you stopped by like i i and i wasn't expecting and it was so genuine yeah yeah. And that kind of blew my mind where I was like, oh, wait, like she's not this one dimensional character that you really see at the beginning. Yeah. She definitely is starting to form as you see the Albert side to her is basically what it is. And like that shell kind of breaks down. Yeah, I thought her character was very interesting. And as I said, like I saw her character going through this entire movie as one dimensional and just kind of being pitted as like the snitty uh, daughter who's not getting her way or is not being heard because like that's basically what she's supposed to be but then slowly as everything's starting to unfold that doesn't become the case no yeah and like that's what i also really want to compliment this movie is every character played a very specific role there wasn't anything where i was like oh this is superfluous and not really needed Everything, everybody was truly dialed into like who they are supposed to be and act up among each other. Yeah. Okay, let's jump into our ratings for this film. What is your story score? 3.5. Only because it wasn't anything crazy. It didn't leave me thinking much after. And I guessed what like the large plot point was. Yeah. I also gave it a 3.5. I said I really enjoyed all of the subplots during the main plot, and I really liked the cleaner and the kid's friend, as I have put it. Music. I gave it a 3. It had, like, pretty instrumental. It was very loud. <laughs> and when you, for me at least, I first put the DVD in, super loud. Might have been you. <laughs> super loud. And I didn't change my volume. I went right into the film and then it was really quiet and then oh. I was turning it up. Oh, so. interesting. I gave it a 2.5. I don't really remember it, but it wasn't annoying me. So I just kind of gave it a middle grade. Visuals. 3.5. Okay. It was nice. They had pretty houses. <laughs> I gave it a three. I thought that the um, L.A., not that they explicitly ever said that they were in L.A., but they definitely were in L.A. I thought those sets were really nice. I loved Marianne's house. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mm -hmm. that location was just absolutely beautiful. And there wasn't anything like crazy amazing about the shooting of this. It definitely felt as though it was on the cheaper side. It is an $8 million film. So I I definitely felt that it felt as though like we're only doing two different shots and two different angles for this. And there's nothing like leading. Oh, yeah. No. So I mean, like, it was good. It told the story. And that's kind of where the three comes from. Your overall score. 6.6. 6.6. Nice. I'm a 6 out of 10. IMDb has it at as a 7, so we're not too far off. Nope. Do we keep this DVD? I'm sad that it's not on any streaming platforms, but I have no interest in watching it again, so no. I'm a no as well. I also definitely agree with you. I think it would do quite well on streaming I platforms. Agree, yeah. I think it would do very well on Disney+, Plus, in my opinion. 
We are going to pick next week's DVD. Are you ready to say goodbye to Enough Said and move on to next week's pick? I am. Whatever it may be. Okay, random. Let's see, what are we watching? Well, due to not having connected to the internet, I actually don't know what we're watching. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, let's connect to the correct one. Okay. Let's hit random part two. (laughs) We are, oh, oh, if I think it is what I think it is. It is what I think it is. I think we have talked about this before. Have I seen it? I believe you have seen it. Have you seen it? I have not seen it. Oh, okay. And... It's on Disney Plus, which is fantastic for all of us. Uh, let's see. I don't know how to describe this to you without like giving too much away, but then also you might I don't know, you might get it right away. Um, so it is a Marvel movie. We don't own a lot of Marvel movies, so that eliminates a lot. I feel as though this is actually going to be my very first Marvel movie that I've seen. I will have to fact check myself on this like next week when we talk about this film. Okay, well, we don't have that many. So Captain America. It's not Captain America. Uh, One of the Iron Mans. No. In my head, when you say Captain America with my uh, giant paws, I was like, yep, that's a movie. (laughs) Yeah, you were nodding your head and I was like, I don't I don't think this this nod isn't like excited confidence. Like this is the correct one. It was literally just like acknowledging that that it was a movie. movie. (laughs) Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. No. Do we we own any of the Hulks? No. Black Panther. No, we don't own that one either. Okay. Oh, I don't I don't know. I don't know what mom buys. Yeah, that um, that you're not wrong about that. <laughs> um Is it one of the Wolverine movies? No. I'm just now thinking that this is going to be so overwhelming for me to watch because I don't know any of like the background or history or like anything to do with this. It's not it is the first movie within, but we don't own the second or the third one. Not that that necessarily helps you too much, but like within this guy's origin story, I don't know if it's his origin story. Is this a spy, one of the Spider-Mans? We only own the first one of one of no, the Spider-Mans? No, it's not Spider-Man. Okay. It's not the amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. Um, Let's see if I can give you a hint with one of the actresses. Thor? No. Uh, so Rachel McAdams is in this film. Which superhero movie is she in? Um, I'm just going to confirm with the spreadsheet that you have indeed watched this, but I feel as though we did talk about it. Yeah, you you marked it as yes. We have You have seen it. Shoot. <laughs> I Would you like the year? Sure. 2016. It came out in 2016? Correct. Is it just one of the Avengers movies? No. It's not just one of the Avengers movies? No. Okay. Is one of the Avengers movies called The Avengers? 
Yeah, yes. Okay, then no. <laughs> yes. I don't know if this person is a okay. part of the Avengers uh, who clan. Am I, I don't know who I'm missing or what superhero I'm missing. Rachel McAdams is in it, and I can't picture her in a superhero movie. Um. So this guy also has a highly regarded profession. And people go to school for years and years and years to become one. A doctor? Correct. Doctor Strange? Correct. I thought Doctor Strange was like, she's not in that film. As soon as you said... Rachel McAdams? Yeah. I re- oh, yes, You actually is. made me not want to say oh. Doctor Strange. Okay. I couldn't say Benedict Cumberbatch because that kind of might have given it away. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, it's Doctor Strange. Okay. Yeah. So that cool. is what we are watching next week. Good movie. I am looking forward to an action super movie, superhero movie that we haven't had in so long. I don't think you'll be confused by it. Or like in the superhero world realm of things, I don't think you'll be too confused by it. Okay, that's good. I also sometimes like when we're going to get into this stuff, I do fear that there's so much information out there that you might like go into too many rabbit holes and not actually get the information that you want to get. So I'm just going to probably watch the movie la- next week and do a little bit of IMDb facts and kind of call it there. Because as I said, like, it's like if you get into the Star Wars world, there is just so much a part of those that you could go on forever. And we're not a Star Wars podcast. And we're also not... A superhero. Correct. (laughs) Is this our first one? Yes, it is. We don't own a lot of Marvel movies, though. No, I mean, but... Okay, cool. I don't remember the last action-adventure movie that we got. I really want to say it's like 2012 was the last action-adventure we we got. Like, truly action-adventure-y, but that was a long time ago now. What's something that we watched with the car trees? With a car chase, honestly, 2012. Okay. I I really want to say it was 2012. Pearl Harbor had action, but there was no car chase. 2012 was our last movie that had a car chase. Nice. That was back in April. It is now September. <laughs> We are going to end the episode there. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this week's episode. If you would like to follow us along, hit the follow or subscribe button. If you'd like to follow us on any of our socials, those are linked in the show notes below. Until then, have a really great week. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.